0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order on today's show Full reaction to the seven SEC games that took place over the weekend. SEC spring games, I should say. I will give you my biggest takeaways from those games. Also, We'll give you a quick recap from the SEC Baseball Series all over the weekend. A big road series win for Vanderbilt. Big comeback by Mississippi State. We'll touch on all those. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Seven SEC spring games happened on Saturday. I had multiple TVs and tablets going Trying to take in everything I could. So instead of breaking down each game, I thought it would be easiest if I just gave you my top 10 takeaways from the weekend. So let's jump into it. Number one takeaway from the weekend, Georgia is still absolutely loaded. Despite a few injuries and guys heading off to the draft, this Georgia team is still loaded with talent. JT Daniels, who I've said all offseason, I'm expecting him to have a monster season, even with the loss of George Pickens, even with... A new offensive line, Daniels, 28 for 31, uh, 324 yards, three touchdowns. But welcome to the SEC, Odanye Mitchell, three-star freshman, had five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown in the first half alone, finished with over 100 yards receiving on the day. His teammates call him AD. He wears number five, but get to know him. He could be playing right alongside Karis Jackson and Jermaine Burton come this fall, Adonye Mitchell. One other name to get to know for Georgia's second year freshman tight end Darnell Washington. Caught four passes for 84 yards and a touchdown, but it's also what the 6'7", 265 pounder can do in the run game, holding that edge, opening up holes in the run game to go with his pass catching ability downfield. Keep an eye out for Big O this season to make Todd Monkett's offense even that much more dangerous. On defense, you got a combo of Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, absolutely wreaking havoc on opposing offensive lines. You throw in Travon Walker, who had a sack, Devontae Wyatt, who had two sacks. And Dan, Dan Lanning has got a lot of pieces to work with on that Georgia defense. And look, they don't rebuild, they just uh, replace. That's what they'll be doing. That brings me to my number two takeaway of the weekend Alabama doesn't rebuild, they reload. The reigning national champs were showcased on national TV on Saturday with their 8A spring game on ESPN. You had Nick Saban mic'd up in a pink blazer. So, viewers got a firsthand hand of what Nick, Nick Saban is like at practice, as well as a firsthand view of the elite level young talent that Alabama still has on this roster. First things first, Bryce Young looks like he's ready to take over that starting quarterback job. Faced a pretty rough pass rush most of the day. Keep in mind, they're basically two-hand touch with the quarterback. But I think that speaks to more to how good Alabama's D-line will be again this year. But Bryce Young connected with tight end Cameron two on an early touchdown, finished the first half 16 of 26 for 256 yards, finished the day with over 330 yards passing. But a name you might want to get familiar with is freshman wide receiver Ajay Hall, who had a huge downfield catch that was called back on a penalty. Also looks like he's going to be a problem. Uh, he just got to campus. Joe Tessitore kept pointing out, this guy should be at prom right now. Finished the day with four catches for 72 yards. You got Slade Bolden picking up where he left off. He got Latou with Billingsley. Both those guys going to be solid at the tight end spot. Might have some growing pains for Alabama's offense, but shouldn't take him very long to figure things out. Defensively, Braswell had three sacks. Des Moines Kennedy had one. There's a lot of new names on that defense for Alabama, but a lot of guys who you will know their names very soon because it's typically how things go at Alabama. A third takeaway of the weekend, SEC spring games, a coaching change might be exactly what Bo Nix needed. Now, hold on. I'm not calling for Bo Nix to win the Heisman, but the first play of Auburn's first-team offense on Saturday featured Bo Nix under center with a 13-yard completion to the tight end over the middle. More snaps under center, different route concepts, more power elements, including two and even three tight end sets on the field. This is not Gus Malzahn. This is Brian Harson, and Brian Harson is bringing a different brand of offense Will that equal success for Bo Nix? Time will tell. But Bo Nix completed 12 of 20 passes for 112 yards and a touchdown to Elijah Canyon, who caught six passes for 52 yards. Nix also ran five times for 29 more yards. I'm not saying it's going to make Bo Nix a world beater, but I think we can possibly see a better Bo Nix than we saw last year. And Brian Harson and a new offense might be exactly what Bo Nix needed. My fourth takeaway from the weekend, Tank Bigsby is just primed for a monster year. Look, this is a physical downhill style of offense, which is a perfect fit for Tank Bigsby. He and Sean Shivers combined to rush 19 times for over 120 yards behind that first team offensive line. Bigsby was named the offensive MVP of the day. By the way, the announced crowd at the A-Day for Auburn, 25,000. That was the largest at Jordan-Hare Stadium since before covid But after the game, Tank Bigsby praised his offensive line. He said, look, I feel like the O-line is doing great. I feel like they came a long way with the little things. I think they are going to be great. Time will tell. That was a little bit of an Achilles heel at times for the Auburn offense last year, that O-line not protecting. And my number five takeaway from the weekend, when we talk about the spring games over the weekend, LSU officially has a quarterback battle on its hands. I think many of us expected with Miles Brennan coming back from an injury he sustained last season that he would just slide right back into the starting quarterback spot for LSU, but freshman Max Johnson really came on strong to end last season, won LSU's last two games, and he's really given Brennan a run for his money this spring. On Saturday, Max Johnson went 11 for 17 for 180 yards and two touchdown passes, also had some rushing yards. Brennan didn't look bad. He went... 12 for 20 for 116 yards and a touchdown but Max Johnson just looked a little bit better executing that offense dropping balls right into the hands of his receivers down the field Brennan could ultimately end up winning out but Johnson took the first snap of spring ball and of course he has a quarterback pedigree being the son of Super Bowl champion Brad Johnson I talked to several people who have told me don't be surprised if Max Johnson is LSU starting quarterback when they open up on the road at UCLA this fall All right, that's our first five takeaways. We'll get to the next five next. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. We got NBA, we got MLB, are you a Braves fan, are you an Astros fan? Get in on the action on a nightly basis and you can do so at betonline.ag. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You can bet on award shows, TV shows, reality TV, whatever you want. BetOnline has got you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to their website right now. You can do so on your laptop, your tablet, your mobile device, and sign up today. You receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L O C K E D O N, all caps. When you do that, when you sign up, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't do what my friend did. He signed up, and then and then after he signed up, said, where do I put the promo code in? No, you got to do it all as you sign up. it will ask for the promo code locked on. You put it right in there. Go to betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest draft nudes news, and stay tuned for more info about our live Day One draft coverage. Part of the Locked On network. All right, we've been breaking down my big takeaways from the uh, SEC spring games over the weekend. I gave you one through five. Now let's jump through six through ten. And number six, I ended with LSU. I stay with LSU because this is just worth mentioning. Number six, LSU just keeps rolling out stud-wide receivers and the next two that could be set for monster seasons, Kayshawn Boutte and Jontre Kirkland. Boutte, of course, you may remember made an impact in LSU's final game last year with over 300 yards receiving against Ole Miss. But in the spring game on Saturday, Booty picked up right where he left off. 11 catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Meanwhile, his teammate, Jontre Kirkland, he had a day himself. He played for both teams. Check this out. Caught 10 passes for 166 yards and two touchdowns just for the purple team and then caught another 43 yards for the white team. When you think back to these last few years with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall, yeah, it seems like Boutte and Kirkland are ready to pick up right where those guys left off and be part of a real group of stud wide receivers across the SEC this upcoming season. Very odd, though, for LSU. Banged up at the running back spots, and they threw it a little bit more in their spring game over the weekend. You wonder if Jake Peets course, the protege of Joe Brady. Are they going to get back to that style they had with Joe Burrow where it was very pass happy all the time? My number seven takeaway from the weekend, Arkansas. KJ Jefferson should be the starting quarterback for the Arkansas Razorbacks. He has got a monster go-to weapon in wide receiver Mike Woods, who he connected with for an early touchdown on Saturday. Mike Woods, one of the best deep threats in the SEC coming back Jefferson was 6 for 11 153 yards, 2 touchdowns the other one went to Traylon Burks who had 67 yards receiving Jefferson also showed off some of his running ability at times Malik Hornsby is going to be the number 2 he threw for 144 yards with a touchdown but KJ Jefferson, there's question marks is he the guy? I think he is the guy and I think Arkansas fans should be excited, no offense to Felipe Franks and some of the guys they've had in recent years. But K.J. Jefferson may be the best quarterback for Arkansas right now and may be the better quarterback than they've had in recent years. One other note from that game, Arkansas safety Jalen Catalan had six tackles, but, man, he made his presence felt with every one of those hits, probably one of the hardest hitters in the SEC. Having Catalan back for Barry Odom's defense to go with guys like Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool coming back. You have to think Arkansas's defense will be better this season. A number eight takeaway from the SEC spring games this past weekend. How about Jack Abraham may beat out Will Rogers for the Mississippi State quarterback job? We've heard throughout this spring when Mike Leach has been asked about Will Rogers, he said things like, Yeah, he's doing okay. He looks all right. But that might be because the Bulldogs have someone else stepping up to the plate. Meets Southern Miss transfer Jack Abraham, who just looked to be more in control of the offense on Saturday in the Maroon and White game. For those of you who watched it, you look at the numbers, 23 of 34 for 162 yards and two touchdowns. It just looked like a different offense when Abraham was running it. Looked more fluid, looked more in control. Will Rogers also threw an interception in the game. Abraham did not. But Abraham connected with Malik Heath on a back corner touchdown pass. Just looked like a vintage Mike Leach offense with Abraham running it. He's a guy who was preseason All-Conference USA heading into last season, but ended up opting out after he had a concussion. And I don't want to fully dismiss Will Rogers. He did throw for 255 yards and touchdowns, touchdown, so he wasn't bad by any means. But if Abraham plays like that once we get to the fall, there's a chance he could be the guy to run the Mississippi State offense next year. Keep in mind, they'll have freshman Sawyer Robertson who will be in the mix. Daniel Greek made some nice passes over the weekend. But if uh, creating competition was Mike Leach's M.O., then he has absolutely done that. will have to keep an eye on Jack Abraham, see if he can end up beating out Will Rogers. One other note from Mississippi State, defensive back Emmanuel Forbes, he had that interception on Rogers and, of course, Forbes was a freshman All-SEC selection last year. He is poised for a big year on that Bulldog defense. Number nine, takeaway from the weekend, Vanderbilt wide receiver Will Shepard is going to be a problem for opposing teams. As a freshman last year, wide receiver Will Shepard, he played in seven games, recorded two catches for 30 yards. On Saturday, he caught three touchdowns in the first half. (laughs) Sophomore receiver, made some outstanding catches, including one where he out-jumped the defender for a 24-yard touchdown catch. Got to keep in mind, Vandy also brings brings back Cam Johnson, Chris Pierce, Amir Abdur-Rahman from last season, but uh, Will Shepard, a name to keep an eye on and could very well be a problem for SEC defenses next year. Matt Smith from a SouthernPigSkin.com, he tweeted us on Saturday and said, Wide receiver is a spot where Vandy... Could probably compete with some of the better teams in the league. He said they will not be dead last in the league uh, when it comes to receivers. So we'll see what they are able to do next year. And that brings me to my number 10 takeaway. Vandy quarterback Mike Wright could likely unseat last year's starter Ken Seals. Vanderbilt's offense put on a show on Saturday. But Mike Wright quickly connected with Shepard for a 62-yard completion. Later on, he had a 67-yard run down the field. Mike Wright is certainly the more exciting option at quarterback, but Clark Lee and his staff may end up choosing Ken Seals because he's been there, done that. handful of SEC starts already under his belt. And keep in mind, Ken Seals broke the program's freshman passing record last season, throwing for just under 2,000 yards to go with 12 touchdowns. And Seals did not look bad on Saturday. He was 15 of 20 for 173 yards, but... Mike Wright just looked exciting. 162 yards, three touchdowns, over 100 rushing yards. Going to be a fun competition that will likely play out into the start of next season. And one more note, Vandy has got a solid weapon in running back, Ramon Davis. Just another guy to keep an eye on. But who knew Vandy might actually be better offensively next year than defensively? Haven't been used to that in recent years. And there you have it. Those are my ten takeaways from the weekend that was with seven SEC spring games happening. We'll have a couple more this weekend. And we'll uh, continue to recap what we saw over the weekend with some of our guests throughout the week. Tomorrow, Dan Matthews will join us. He was at G-Day in Athens. We'll get his thoughts on the Georgia Bulldogs. And we'll continue to bounce around the SEC throughout this week. When we return, we'll recap the SEC baseball season. Some programs, some big wins over the weekend. That's next. We tell you guys all the time, Bilt Bar is the best-tasting protein bar out there. The improved Built Bar, even more delicious. They've got, well, over 20 flavors at this point. Uh, one of the relatively newer ones, the cookies and cream, my favorite, but Cherry barcia, Carrot Cake, Apple Almond Crisp, Raspberry, German t- Chocolate, Peanut Butter, whatever flavor you are craving, they have got it for you at BuiltBar.com. They are bars covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy-to-chew, Great for the health-conscious person or if you're just looking to lose or maintain weight while well, indulging in a delicious treat. Their bars are low-calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. If you're just coming from the gym, a great supplement just to kind of throw in there and uh, pack some protein on especially if you're getting into the weightlifting. Check them out at BuiltBar.com. Guarantee you're going to find something you, you like. Or I always recommend try the variety pack where you can try a bunch of different flavors, see which one you like the best. But before you hit that checkout button at BuiltBar.com, make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at (laughs) BuiltBar.com. Hey, today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team will make trades, pick the next stars for their teams, search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to get into recapping what we saw over the weekend in SEC baseball. So let's jump right into it. Let's uh, dive into who impressed this weekend in the SEC. And we start with the Vanderbilt Commodores. They earn high honors this week after going on the road, taking two out of three from number five, Tennessee. Vanderbilt bounced back strong from a tough loss in the late innings on Saturday by cranking out 12 hits on Sunday, including homers by Carter Young, Dominic Keegan, and Parker Nolan. Went on to beat the Vols 10-4 on Sunday, but I do have to give major props to Tennessee. Coming into the series, if you said Tennessee wins only one game, I would not have picked it the game that Jack Leiter pitched. They were able to get after the unhittable Jack Leiter getting him for three runs albeit he did have 10 strikeouts on Saturday but the start of the night Vol left fielder Evan Russell monster game in Saturday's win hitting not one not two but three home runs in Tennessee's lone win over Vanderbilt so props to him but big props to Vanderbilt going into a tough hostile environment and winning two out of three I think I saw Tim Corbin said, yeah, they must not have COVID in Nashville because that stadium was packed, loud, and those fans were rabid. But nonetheless, Vanderbilt showing their toughness going in and taking two out of three from the balls. Next up, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, they won a huge series against arch-rival and sixth-ranked Ole Miss. After getting one hit by Doug Nikhazy on Saturday, Mississippi State responded by out-hitting the Rebels 12-6 on Sunday. And they had to storm back from a 4-2 to deficit with five runs in the sixth inning, capped by a three-run Tanner, Tri- Tanner Allen triple. Dogs are now 10-5 in the SEC, but what an atmosphere it was at Duty Noble Field, all part of the Super Bulldog weekend in Starkville. I think I read 10,500 fans were in there yesterday, over 34,000 fans for the weekend. That is the second largest weekend crowd in program history. Next up, give props to South Carolina. The Gamecocks went on the road and won a series at LSU, having to come from behind in the final inning in Game 2. And then they cruised in the third rubber game. But South Carolina, they improved to 10-5 in the conference. LSU got a phenomenal start out of Landon Marceau on Thursday night for their lone win. But with LSU losing 2 out of 3 to South Carolina, the Tigers are now 4-11 and in the SEC And it's just hard to envision them pulling themselves out of that hole to make the postseason at this point. Not what they expected at LSU this year. Over at Georgia, tip the cap to the Bulldogs. They won a key series against a regional contender, taking two out of three at home against Kentucky. Georgia's now 7-8 and in the conference. Next up for them, they will travel on the road to Mizzou. Arkansas, they took two out of three against Texas A&M this weekend. Probably should have swept they dropped yesterday's game 11-10 for AM to at least avoid the sweep. The Razorbacks, they will now turn their attention to a road trip at South Carolina this weekend. Florida, the Gators bounce back. They swept Missouri. Bouncing back after dropping two out of three last weekend against Tennessee. So kudos to the Gators taking care of business. Next up, they will travel to Auburn this weekend. And lastly, we say congrats to Alabama. They take two out of three against Auburn. The tie, they will next travel to Kentucky next weekend. I think I saw some Alabama fans kind of having fun saying, just in case you needed to be reminded, Alabama has won a series against Auburn in basketball, softball, baseball, and football. That is just brutal. But uh, nonetheless, it is a rivalry for a reason. And... Auburn's got to bounce back and beat Alabama It's something. Congrats to uh, Auburn women's golf, though. I think they uh, they won the championship over the weekend, so good to see that. But uh, come on, Auburn. Got to break through, beat Alabama in some sport soon. It's going to do it for me, Chris Gordy. Reminder again tomorrow, we'll talk with Dan Matthews, talk all things Georgia Bulldogs, recap their spring game. We'll continue to bounce around the conference throughout the week, get some perspective from some of the spring games that happened over the weekend as well as start to preview some of the ones happening this weekend and also get into some more draft talk with a lot of SEC guys expected to hear their names called in the NFL draft in a little bit over a week. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great week.